go from the cornfields of Mount Pleasant <laughs> to uh, ESPN is pretty exciting. And, and just to see it take off. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Tips from Chips podcast. Today, co-host Justin Ventline will talk with Dan Ekinen, Senior Director of Program Leadership for Special Olympics Michigan. Dan will take us through his career with Special Olympics and share a few of his success stories, including the Unified Sports Program. Thanks for tuning in. All right. So today we want to welcome Dan Ekinen um, to the Tips from Chips podcast. Dan is the Senior Director of Program Leadership at Special Olympics Michigan. Um, and our paths in connection started a while back uh, during my time at CMU, but I'll let Dan kind of do a little quick intro of himself and we'll kind of dive into a little bit of our, our personal background as well. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I am a huge podcast listener. So to, to be able to be on this is, is exciting for me to, to be on this side of it. So um, again, my name is Dan Ackerman. I work at Special Olympics Michigan. Um, so I still live in Mount Pleasant. Um, I went to school here and then started working at Special Olympics. And as many of our listeners probably remember, the uh, Special Olympics Michigan State Office is right on campus at CMU. So uh, right now working from home, but live in Mount Pleasant with uh, my wife, Jessie, who works for the university and the Leadership Institute. Um, and we have a, a dog, Betty White. <laughs> and a, uh, a cat, James Earl Jones. Um, and I'm originally from Stockbridge, Michigan. So small rural community right in the middle of East Lansing and Ann Arbor, kind of the, the center point between those two universities. Um, and obviously, we have a, a long friendship working together. Um, I think I've served as your, I was thinking about it, I think I've served as your officiant. Yep. Your advisor. Yep. And your internship supervisor at one point. So... <laughs> It's funny um, you bring all that up because I had all those notated down to uh, <laughs> to make sure we brought up in, in the conversation today. So yeah, um, yeah, me and Dan's paths crossed probably when I was a sophomore, I think, in college. Um, Dan was the this SMA advisor that year um, and kind of really got me ingrained into the sports management industry and kind of helped uh, my path along the way, like you mentioned, he was also my uh, internship supervisor when I interned with uh, Special Olympics Michigan. Um, he was our officiant at our wedding, so got me to the finish line on that big milestone of my life and helped, uh, helped us celebrate that. We actually just celebrated two years together a couple days ago, so um, definitely some good memories yeah. there. And then, um, in all honesty, Dan's been um, a pretty big mentor in my life, um, not only industry-wise, but just life-wise. Um, a lot of big changes I had to make throughout my career. I called Dan or text Dan, and he would always give me his honest opinion, and I, I value that, and I appreciate that. Um, obviously, one of the biggest ones I remember is leaving Detroit from the Pistons, coming back down to Nashville, and literally not having a job lined up, and just kind of going on a whim, and calling Dan and he kind of gave me the, the pros and cons of both sides. Um, so I always appreciate that from Dan and um, don't know if he realized he was a mentor to, to me, but definitely uh, someone I lean on a lot for not only, like I said, industry advice, but life advice as well. Sure. And 
I'll say thank you for trusting me as the, the guy who went to school here, still lives here, has worked at Special Olympics since I've been done with, uh, with college. Uh, me giving you advice of <laughs> packing up and going back without a job is pretty comical, you know, to <laughs> say the least. So. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you have, you're just starting your life off and, you know, you and Jamie getting married and, and finding jobs, but knowing you wanted to be back in, in Nashville. It's a, it's a leap of faith, but things are working out uh, for you too. So I'm, I'm glad I uh, helped steer you in the right path and it wasn't a total disaster. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be here on this pod today. So <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you'd still be part of a part of our lives for sure. It just might not be as, as a large part. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so before we get diving into some of the harder hitting questions or some of your background and stuff like that, um, I always want to do a little fun rapid fire question segment. Um, all questions are going to be surrounded by either Central Michigan or Mount Pleasant. So first first answer that comes to mind or first thought that comes to mind, feel free to uh, let it out and try not to take too much time answering. So okay. got 10 of them. Um, and okay. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just go through them quickly. So number one, best place to watch a sporting event in Mount Pleasant. Ooh, best place to watch a sporting event. I'll say um, <sighs> Kelly Short Stadium. You know, there's really no better atmosphere than game day. And, you know, you don't – I don't go to all the games. You know, I work a lot of weekends, that sort of thing, like many of us. But when you're there on game day and you get to tailgate and, you know, go into the game and everything, the band's playing, all that fun stuff, can't beat it. So, and, and I think – with uh, Mount Pleasant, the, the way it's such a, a small community, but, uh, you know, got some big time football. It's, it's a blast. So I'll, I'll go with Kelly Shorts. All right. Number two, maroon or gold? Ooh, maroon. Number three, sure. dogs central or menace joint? <laughs> you know, I'll go dog central. And that's a big one for the kids now, you know, it's, it's a hopping in place. So uh, absolutely. absolutely. I think we got some people uh, in the sports management industry that used to work there. So, Oh, that's right. We, we that's used to right. have the hookups for sure. <laughs> uh, number four, favorite spot on campus. Ooh, favorite spot on campus. I'll go, man, we'll say, uh, how about, oh, you stumped me here. I'll go with, uh, McGurk Arena. Yeah, I right. worked a lot of basketball games there. I guess back in the day, though, it was still Rose Arena. I was going to so say. So it's got a little bit of the nostalgia, but uh, but they've done a nice job with it. So I'll go with uh, McGurk Arena there. Got it. Uh, number five, the cabin or Marty's? Oh, I got to go Marty's. I really do. It's a uh, quick story, but Jesse, my wife, when they redid the sign at Marty's, she was gifted half of the Marty's sign from one of the bartenders. Wow. She, she made a terrible mistake and friend and gave it, gifted it to one of her friends when they got married, hoping that she would get it back when she got married. And it's still in uh, her friend Jess's basement box. So, <laughs> but true story. Wow. <laughs> good, good to know people in the town. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned you've been in Mount Pleasant ever since, obviously you went to school there. So what Mount Pleasant staple do you wish they'd bring back? 
So oh. for example, like SBX, Little Chef. Wow. I'll go Little Chef's a really good one. Um, I'll go Little Chef Okay. for sure. Always a good spot for a lot of, a lot of mornings and late nights there. I was just going to mention that. Yep. Number seven song that reminds you of your time at CMU. <laughs> um, I'll say, um, good night. Uh, <laughs> probably something by like T-Pain that they used to play like <laughs> in the wayside, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Boots with the fur. I mean, that was, that was a song when I was in college. So we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight, we're almost there. Getting to the finish line. Favorite festival or event that takes place in Mount Pleasant? Oh, good one. Um, you know, it's, I, I want to default to state summer games, but I'll do something a little different. Um, you got to go with the uh, Mount Pleasant uh, Craft Beer Festival is probably, probably one of them. It's always a good time. It's very low key. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of kicks off summer. So it's, it's all the, everyone from the community is always out there having a good time. So I'll go with that one. Right. Some, uh, we've had some good days at Mountain Town Brewing, I think, too, as well. So yeah, Yes, we have. <laughs> uh, number nine. For those of you that don't know, Dan is a big uh, NBA basketball uh, fan, and we've had some heated debates on players in the past. So number nine is Dan Marley or Chris Kamen? Ooh, I got to go Thunder Dan. Just growing up watching him guard Jordan in the finals. He was he was my idol. So, uh, And I just missed the – Kamen left. Okay in uh spring of 2003 i got on campus in fall of 2003 and we didn't fully recover from his uh departure i'll say okay uh, in terms of basketball but uh so love them both though okay side question do you have a chris came in clippers jersey <laughs> i don't but I, I should uh keep an eye out on ebay for one. <laughs> number 10 last one favorite memory of cmu Oh my gosh. There's so many, right. Um, wow. Favorite memory. I'll probably talk about a lot of them on, uh, on this podcast. I think um, when, when we won the conference for the first time in forever, when I, my first year I got here for football, we were, we were not very good. And Brian Kelly came in and I remember we, we beat Toledo, I think is what it was for the first time in forever. And we rushed the field. It was at the end of the year. You know, you're cold, you're kind of stationary. So I'm the first one on the field, you know, like, are we doing this? I jump the gate and my buddies jump behind me. I take off running and I, my legs couldn't catch up and I just face planted at the goal line. Um, <laughs> so we still laugh about that to this day, but uh, rushing the field was, was a riot. We had, we had so much fun. And it was just because we like, I think we beat Toledo and tied for like the, mac west first place it wasn't even like the mac championship right uh, but we were celebrating either way that's awesome that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah we've definitely had some good football memories over the past especially you know my time there as well with antonio brown dan lefever you know eric fisher Um, yeah so had some some, years exactly had some good times and hopefully they can bring that back and especially on the the hardwood too um Mm -hmm. 
you know, both basketball programs have been, have been doing great and bringing it back up. So coach G has got the women's program, you know, going before her departure. So hopefully we can kind of keep that going as well. So it's fun to be around campus. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was awesome. Um, Thanks for kind of participating. Let me pick your brain a little bit, but I'm sweating. um, (laughs) I know, uh, your time at CMU, um, obviously you did your master's in the PES program. Um, if you kind of just want to touch base on that. And like I mentioned previously, being the SMA advisor, um, I know a lot of us got a lot of interaction with you that way um, and just kind of you know, gearing us, getting us ready for the industry and kind of helping us set our, set our footing and get ready for it. So um, maybe just touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I got to campus in 2003 um, and I thought I wanted to go into broadcasting. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, right? So once I kind of got into it, I, I learned what uh, public relations was. And so I kind of shifted into uh, IPR. And so I ended up being an IPR major and a sports studies minor. So, um, you know, in that process, just kind of learning about it, I thought I wanted to maybe be a PR guy for the Pistons, you know, working pro sports like a, a lot of a lot of us do. Um, and then, you know, maybe a, a college SID once I learned what that was and got a little experience working on that side of things. And then I always knew I wanted to work in nonprofit as well. The last thing I had to do for my degree, my undergrad degree was an internship. And so that summer I finished all my coursework and everything and was going to do a summer internship. And I had two opportunities. And I think it was, it may have been the very first year of the Great Lakes Loons over in Midland. They were hiring. So I had an interview there for marketing and promotions internship, which was paid. And then I got an internship for uh, Special Olympics, Michigan as well. So I went through the interview process. I didn't get the one in Midland, which was, you know, kind of, a bummer, you know, it was one of my first big interviews and um, I just, you know, thought I did pretty well, but didn't get the internship. So I was bummed. And then the next day I had to, when I got the call saying I didn't get it, I had to go and interview for Special Olympics and went really well. I left, they called me that day and offered me the position. So I took it and it was unpaid internship. Um, And so 40 hours a week, I would officiate or umpire baseball at at night and go home on the weekends and work with my dad. He had a contracting business. He'd pay me too much money than what my value was, but (laughs) it got me, it got me by. Um, And then I graduated in August and um, was coming back for my master's degree and um, was just volunteering a couple days a week in the office. And then they ended up hiring me in accounting, which I had zero background in, uh, basically processing receipts and that, that sort of thing. So started off in accounting 20 hours a week while I was doing my master's. And I um, also worked with CMU athletics and marketing. So um, had a friend of a friend who was the grad assistant there, uh, Lauren Carey, who has had a great career in athletics. Um, And I just said, Hey, I'd love to help out if I can, if I can be an intern or something, you know, help out at football games, whatever, let me know. Right. And I remember our first day of class, I mentioned that, you know, I went back up to her and said, Hey, just a reminder, if if you need any help, let me know. And she's like, actually, we are stuffing 7,500 envelopes tonight at when we get out of class at nine o'clock, if you want to come, you can. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come help. So it was Lauren, 
I think Tracy Vogelsong was there, Mike Dabbs. Mike Dabbs was leading the operation. And we were there until two or three in the morning, stuffing envelopes <laughs> for trying to get people to come to the first football game. Um, and after that, Mike Dabbs called me and said, hey, if, if you want to help us out on game day, we'd love to have you as part of the staff. So I kind of served as a intern. I don't know if I'd call it a grad assistantship, but uh, helped out in the marketing department. So, okay. um, so it was, it was a cool experience. I loved it. It was, it was a blast. And it was during those, those years of the Dan Lefevre, Antonio Brown. So being on the sideline, I got to, I was basically the uh, overseer of the kickoff kid, the, the, the child that runs out and gets the uh, tee after kickoffs. Um, so it was cool to be on the sidelines during that time. Um, hey, that's a super important job. <laughs> it is. And a lot of responsibility <laughs> when you're out there with, usually it was a kid and their parent, but it's right. like, you got to make sure the play's done to send them out there. It's uh, high stress at times. I'll we say. don't we don't want any little kids getting run over on the sideline or on the field for that matter. So right, right. So um, you know, very important job. But uh, so that was a blast. Um, a lot of my friends worked there too, um, and so I had a great experience in in graduate school, just connecting with people. You know, some a lot of us were right out of college. Some of us. You know, mm -hmm. some people were coming back to school. A lot of Professor Adler was was uh, getting his master's at the same time. Um, and so him being more of the non-traditional student, we affectionately called him Dadler, uh, which was <laughs> kind of fun. But, you know, making those connections was a blast. And so I think at the time I was reached out to, I think by, by you all, the, you know, they needed an advisor for SMA. And uh it was, it was awesome. It was kind of the, at, at the time, I think in, in my, while getting my master's, I was the vice president. And then once I got out of it, we needed an advisor and I became the advisor. Um, okay. So that was an awesome experience. One, being able to work with you all and connect with you all being not much older than, than a lot of the students at the time. Um, but it's when the conference started as well. So I remember, Nate kind of being the driver of that and saying we want to do a conference and mm -hmm. great put a committee together and let's give it a try and see what happens and it was wildly successful I mean that was some of the best programming you know I've ever been a part of and, right. and that it was student-led and student-run you know I was there to kind of help give some guidance and see what we could do and and that sort of thing and then to see where it went um, was awesome and so I really enjoyed advising SMA I think of all the students that have kind of gone through their you know, with like you and Evan and Allison and Rick, and I mean, you can go on and on down the list, but uh, it was, it was really cool to connect with students and see you all kind of take internships and move across the country for jobs and everything. And, and to still be connected, I feel like I'm very connected with a lot of people, even though we don't talk all the time, but mm -hmm. uh, really enjoyed being able to, to be a part of SMA when it kind of took off. So. Yeah, I think SMA um, kind of credits a lot of us for our success. Um, and that's, you know, a testament to you and the other advisors that we had during that time, um, kind of guiding us and steering us in that direction. Like you said, I think when Nate created the conference um, in that committee, I might have, that might have been my first year um, as a sophomore. So I was just a member then. But uh, at that time, you can really see, you know, where SMA was heading and you know, the impact it was going to have on the PES program as a whole. So um, I think that's definitely a testament to you. And like I said, Nate 
is is a huge kind of leadership model um, for that as well. And like you said, Evan Taylor was uh, a lot of a lot of leading that. And then obviously uh, Rick Brady, um, even though he stood up in my wedding and he's he's something else. Uh, he he's one of the best guys out there uh, in the industry as well. So um, yeah, that's, that's and what's huge... what's even interesting is I remember when we were in grad school. Porkchop, my best friend, Jeff Franklin, who mm-hmm. works out at uh, Special Olympics Colorado until recently, he just um, uh, resigned from there. But he was involved at a higher level than I was as an undergrad. And it was kind of dwindling a little, like membership was down and it was his goal to get it back up and running. And so when we, that first year of our master's, he was president, I was vice president. We had an awesome board, Tracy was on it and Lauren and, and that crew. And that kind of you know, our membership went up and that was kind of the start of all of it. So to see it there and kind of be a small part of it. And then with the conference and everything, then, and to see where it went when, once you all got involved, and I think that's the important part. You, you know, we always stress, you can go into sports management and you can be part of SMA, but like, what are you doing with, right. it? you know, what's your experience? What can you talk about that you've done to, to see that conference? And then, and I think it was year two, Dick Emberg came and, um, yeah. I remember just Nate forwarding me the email um, from him and uh, of his reach out and he was like yeah I'd love to it looks like my schedule's available and it was like oh my gosh this is really happening yeah <laughs> so jaw, pretty jaw cool. dropping moment yeah sure. I just remember him forwarding that along to me real casually and being like whoa so, <laughs> pretty cool yeah Very cool. absolutely mm-hmm. I think that's a great segue um and you, I know you mentioned, you know, you took an unpaid internship um, and you basically just volunteered your time to Central Michigan Athletics with no basic, you know, monetary, you know, value coming back to you. Um, how was that? And like, how did you really make that decision? Because I know a lot of individuals, you know, starting out in this industry kind of try to shy away from unpaid internships just because it is going to be a little bit harder to make it. And, you know, I've gone through that process. A lot of, you know, my coworkers have gone through that process and a lot of my good friends have had to take an unpaid internship just to get that experience. So, you know, I guess what, what would you say to that experience that kind of shaped you with who you are today? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things I love about the sport industry and being in it is, you know, it's a fun, it really is a fun job you know, the experiences you get, you know, being able to say I was on the field during those times and meeting so many people and working with student athletes and everything, you know, you get that experience. And I think it's, it's tough when you're making those decisions about, you know, do I take a paid inter- internship where I can support myself? Or maybe there's one that I am more interested in or, you know, want to be a part of, but I don't know if I can make it work. You know, it's a tough decision. But, I think if you can look at it and you can see where you're going to get opportunities to learn, to grow, to, to, and I think that was one of the neat things about working at such a small athletic department is like you had your hands in everything. Like by the second semester, I was put in charge of of wrestling. And I mean, I'm no wrestler. I don't know anything (laughs) about it. Right. So, um, but being able to have that experience and and coming up with ideas and, you know, being the go-to person, um, you know, it's, it really is worth it. And I think when, when you look at the sport industry, you know, we all have these big dreams of what we want to do and everything. A lot of times when you get that first job, 
you're not making a lot of money either, right? right. I mean, and, and you're working a lot of hours. So it kind of sets you up and prepares you for that. And, um, you know, you, can, you kind of learn to, to budget, you know, and, yeah. and those things along the way. But I, I think the number one thing you can do when you want to work in the sport industry is get experience and be able to talk about, you know, what, what your experience was and, and, you know, what initiatives you led or, you know, how you were involved because it all intertwines. And so, you know, I used to preach it at SMA, right. But like get involved as soon as you get on campus, right. Take an internship with athletics or, you know, I worked with, I did an internship with a high school athletic director. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was awesome. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the most important thing is what can you take from those experiences? And like I said, it's a lot of long days and right. hard work, but it's, it's worth it. And it, it sets you up to, to really go where you want to be, whether it's in sales, promotions, marketing, public relations, whatever, whatever avenue that might be, you're going to have similar experiences. So, right. And that's one thing I can remember just from being in SMA is, you know, yourself preaching that others preaching that. And honestly, as a sophomore, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted to be involved with sports in some way. So, I mean, I took an internship as a business operations manager um, out in Battle Creek, had never been there, uh, put us up in an apartment, wasn't paid, got made some really good friends from across, you know, the state that didn't go to CMU and still talk to quite a few of them to this day. Um, and then same thing, working for CMU athletics as an intern, never thought I wanted to work for, you know, college athletics, but it was a great opportunity. And like you said, setting up game days, Saturday mornings, um, the, the few Thursday and Wednesday night games, the Mac does get that those are always nice. Um, and then even going into the loons, you know, never thought I wanted to work in minor league baseball, kind of looked down upon it before that internship. But once you kind of get ingrained into that organization and that structure, you really, you know, appreciate all the work that they do more. Um, and at a point in time, I was like, all right, I do want to work in minor league sports. So I think it's always good to keep an open mind um, to, you know, any opportunity that does arise that you kind of, you kind of touched on as well. Well, and I think you bring up a, a really good point there there's and I, this is with any industry but like there's so much networking to be had in sports and when you think about you know i'm thinking of one of my good friends that i met at well we played against uh, each other in high school and both went to cmu at the same time and um he worked for the lions for a long time well we made the connection and we did some programming with the lions and special olympics now he's an athletic director at a high school and now they're doing, you know, looking to do unified stuff. So you get the connections early and you keep those connections and, you know, that network, you never know. People are always bouncing all over the uh, sports industry. You stay connected with those people and you work hard for them. And then they know somebody at a job you're applying for, those sorts of things. So, right. I mean, I look at, you know, being able to bring a lot of you on with my connections when, when I was the, the advisor at SMA how many of us have worked at Special Olympics? You've got Ben Rubel. You've got uh, Missy Darling worked there. She worked in our office. There's, right. you know, Porkchop. He interned at Special Olympics and worked. You know, I mean, it's there's all these connections, and and you and you might find something you love right. um, that wasn't on your radar before. So, I think not only getting experience, but a, a wealth of different opportunities is important as well. Right. 
Um, kind of segue into a different topic. You just kind of touched on a little bit, but I know over the past, you know, three or four years, I would say, I'm sure there's a lot more behind the work or behind the scenes work uh, before that, but the emergence of unified sports um, with Special Olympics Michigan has been, I know, a huge kind of driving force for you guys. And I believe, you know, you mentioned Ben Rubel. I think he was very involved in that, in that project as well. So um, for those that don't know, maybe just kind of touch on what unified sports are and, you know, how they're kind of changing the landscape of Special Olympics Michigan. Sure. Um, so unified sports is a uh, program within Special Olympics that has really been around since the 90s. Um, Bo Doherty, who's the CEO out at Spe uh, Special Olympics Connecticut, kind of, he's the one that created it. And so what it is, is it's bringing together people with and without intellectual disabilities on teams together. You play, you play as teammates. So if, if you've got five on five basketball, you have two unified partners or people without disabilities on the court with three Special Olympics athletes and they compete together, they win, they lose, you know, they create friendships. And that's really what it's about is creating friendships that go beyond the practice field or the playing surface that, you know, in the community, in schools, in, you know, on campuses. So, um, I was very lucky to, to be a part of the unified intramural movement uh, that started actually at Central Michigan University. A, a lot of people don't uh, probably recognize that now that we're into year six of it. Um, but I worked for um, Special Olympics in the um, unified sports uh, realm. And um, we wanted to get more connected on campus. At the time, Gary Baker, who uh, worked, he was in intramurals, he ran intramurals at CMU. He had taken a job at Rowan University in New Jersey and they were doing like a Saturday program where they would bring in athletes from the area, from Rowan, create teams and, and kind of do a Saturday program. And so I met with Scott George, who was Gary's successor in, in running intramurals. Mm -hmm. So what can we do to do more on campus? And it wasn't even really on our radar. And he said, what about, you know, unified sports, we've seen how it can be done. What if we did it in an intramural format where we had a four week season, playoffs, championship night, it would look just like intramurals. So we said, yeah, let's, that sounds awesome. Let's give it a try, see what happens. And so we started with soccer um, yep. at CMU and just had four teams. And Ben Rubel was a huge part of that. He was uh, interning in our office and we brought him on to um, kind of head that up. And I remember you know, he would call his friends and be like, hey, we're doing we're doing inter this intramural soccer thing. I need you to be here on Wednesday at seven. And I'm looking back, a lot of those students were like, he didn't even tell us what it was. We just he said <laughs> we were playing soccer. So, you know, he got about 25, 30 students and we, we recruited 25 athletes from, from Area 7. And it was a wild success. I don't think we ever imagined it being uh, as as great as it was. And I'll never forget, you know, championship night, Scott made connections. The women's soccer team came out and gave medals. And uh, it was a cold night, but our the championship game went to overtime shootout. And it came down to the last person to go, uh, Nate Hill, who was part of SMA. He kicked the game-winning goal and they celebrated. And it was just like this magic thing went off. So you couldn't, we, you couldn't have scripted a better, oh, a better you, night probably it literally was like meant to happen. Right. So, and we got this great video that our team put together and 
put it out on social media. And I'll never forget one morning I get a call and it's Brian Quinn from Special Olympics International. And he's, he said, so tell us about this intramural league that you all did. And kind of gave him the rundown. Before we knew it, we were going to the NERSA conference um, and uh, kind of saying, hey, we, we did this great thing. And people, you know, a lot of people recognize Special Olympics, but they would be like, what are you guys doing at NERSA? You know, so mm-hmm. within the next year or so, it was just perfect timing where Stan Shingles, um, who's the director of university recreation at CMU and, and like the man in when it comes to intramurals across the country, was taking over as president. And so we got this momentum. We now we had six schools in, in Michigan that were doing it. Um, it was it was had a couple few baby steps, and then um, boom, we were promoting it at a high level. And now there's over 200 universities that are doing unified sports on campus, you know, across the country. So what? Yeah, what started off as an idea and being able to work with Scott and you know, Jen at, at Jen Nottingham at UREC and Stan Shingles and them just kind of saying, well, yeah, we're going to do this. And then them promoting it to their connections in the state and beyond. I don't think we ever imagined that it was going to take off the way it did. And right. now we have um, a partnership with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We have 75 high schools that are doing unified intramural basketball. When they take their JV and varsity team, they take their unified teams. Um, you know, we have over 400 schools in the state that are, are part of that. And there's 8,000 schools across the country that are, that are doing unified programming. So it is a tidal wave, um, <laughs> even though it's been around a long time, it's, it's exciting to see where it's going and how it's developed and, you know, community programs, colleges, schools, unified sports is everywhere. It's on ESPN. I mean, you've seen yep. that. So uh, seeing where it's gone to, what started in, in last thing I'll, I'll touch on this, but Brian, when he called me, one of the comments he had was we really enjoyed the cornfields in the back there at uh, CMU because of our photos, you know, at the soccer fields, it's all, it's all corn. Yeah. So to go from the cornfields of Mount Pleasant <laughs> to uh, ESPN is pretty exciting. And, and just to see it take off, you know, and, and be, be able to go to conferences and share with colleagues and say, Hey, this is, it can be this easy, start simple but it's, it, it'll, it'll change your campus is, is cool to see. Absolutely. I think that's a, a great story. I mean, you hear all these stories in industries, you know, across the, the globe of just, you know, a small idea turning into to something huge. And I think that's definitely a success of a, a small idea turning into something, like you said, not only nationally, but globally as well. So um, it's awesome that it started, you know, right here in CMU and with, with your guys' hard work and leadership and, um, it, it's just awesome to hear. And I think the, you know, easy to say I was, I was a part of it, but when you see the students and it's student run and the way the students embraced it and before we knew it, they were going to karaoke night where the athletes would sing and they would go to the cabin and cheer them on, you know, like right. that's what the program's supposed to be, right? You're supposed to create these authentic friendships. And so the students are just incredible. And now you've, you know, through that experience, you know, you've got your Ben's and Rick's and they work for Special Olympics and Unified Sports across the country. And um, that's why it's growing, you know, from, from them actually doing it to being unified partners and then now working in as part of the movement is, is awesome. That's why right. I think it's really taken off the way it has. 
Right. I'm sure that was uh, obviously one of, if not the best highlights of your career so far, but uh, I know you've been involved with, you know, Somi for 10 plus years. It's probably gone by in a blink of an eye uh, with all the projects and, you know, events that you guys do, but um, what have been some of your highlights, you know, with your time with Somi? I know you went to uh, international games, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Seattle, um, obviously the emergence of unified sports nationally. Um, I know personally some of my favorite memories at CMU as a whole were winter games and summer games. Um, so it, it's been an awesome experience myself, but what have some of your highlights been over the past couple of years? Yeah, I, you kind of talked about a few of them there. One was being able to go to World Games in LA in 2015. And I honestly got to go out there because we were having this big meeting of the minds for Unified because that's right when it was taking off uh, the intramural piece. So went to a meeting uh, with Stan Shingles was at and Special Olympics International and with, met with uh, the folks from UCLA and got to go to World Games really to be a part of this meeting, but to see everything. It was the coolest experience in, of my career. Uh, been to a handful of USA games as well. Um, those are always exciting, seeing our athletes go and compete on, on the national stage. It's such a celebration for everyone. Um, we've actually had some teams from Michigan that have gone to NURSA Nationals. They have a unified division now. Okay. And when you talk about high-level competition, it's some of the best basketball you're going to see. And it's athletes and partners competing and, but also, you know, celebrating together. And I mean, there's teams from all over the country now at right. the last one, I think we had 14 teams that qualified and advanced over to uh, the national tournament. Um, yeah. I've had, so those had the opportunity to officiate some of those tournaments over in big rapids and it, yeah. it, it is wild. You know, like you said, the, the competition and, the, the level of competitiveness um, on a lot of those games. Um, I was like, I do not deserve to be officiating this game right now because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't have enough experience, but uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome to see and awesome to watch. Yeah. And I think, you know, those are some of the big high level highlights, but I think honestly, like you mentioned winter games and summer games and seeing like as the advisor and seeing, you know, we bring 100 CMU students up to, to winter games to volunteer all week. 25, 30 of those are SMA members, you know. Um, mm -hmm. In the one year, what was our intern crew? Evan, you, Kyle, Rick, Zach, like yeah. we had the most fun um, just goofing around and doing the behind the scenes stuff and lugging sandbags around and building a fence. But like, we, we had a blast with it. And so I think that's one of the things that I love about Special Olympics and really sport working in sports in, in general is the friendships you make with people that are part of it, right? Whether it's in college or at the professional level and working with donors and that sort of thing, or us working with our volunteers, you know, we have volunteers that take a week of vacation to come up and run our winter games, you know, when they only get two weeks out of the year. So um, those friendships that you make that you know, we could have, you could have been my intern and moved along and that was it, but we're friends because right. you know how much fun we had and we were able to, to go to a lot of experiences. And I was able to come to you and Rick at three 30 on a Friday and say, 
do you guys want to go down to Ann Arbor tonight? There, we need to run the plunge tomorrow morning. And, and you guys saying, let's go. Sure, we'll go. So, um, you know, just be yeah. <laughs> funny stuff like that, that we laugh about now, but we probably didn't really even know what we were doing. But <laughs> you make it work. So yeah. um, those yeah. are the parts I love. Yeah. And I, I owe it to meeting my wife that way too, in a, in a weird kind of way. Um, Rick was obviously the president my junior year. Didn't really know him until we interned together. Um, got really close during those winter games, ended up living together um, my senior year. And his cousin lived with us as well. His girlfriend at the time is my wife's best friend. Um, so it's just, it's just a weird, you know, connection that you make and obviously those type of things happen all over, but I think, you know, Special Olympics definitely holds a, a close place in both of our hearts. Um, me and my wife's, um, we were actually at Winter Games twice together and never knew each other, but <laughs> she, uh, she always says, uh, were you one of those guys just running around in the Gators all the time? Yep. Yep, honey. Gator that boys. Was, yeah. That was me, the Gator boys. <laughs> it it uh, it still lives on. It's a it's a much different crew, mm. uh, more focused crew, but uh, <laughs> probably not as fun either. But right. uh, but they're they're still out there. So I'm glad I'm glad it has continued on and the tradition is has kept going of the Gator boys. Well, and I think you were one of the ones that started that group that after Winter Games it was hey every Thursday send it out to all the volunteers. We're going to get together at the cabin and have some drinks and pizza. And you got, you all did that for, for a while of still bringing people together. So I think that's, you know, that's the fun part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, last question. Um, and we'll kind of get things wrapped up. We'd like to ask everybody on the podcast, obviously, you know, you've been a huge impact on a lot of those getting into the sports industry, like myself, like Rick, like Ben, um, what is your best kind of piece of advice uh, that you'd give either a student or an individual looking to transition to sports, um, you know, starting in the sports industry? I would say there's probably two pieces of advice. One is, you know, there's, I always, I've said this before, either at SMA meetings or, you know, talking with students, but like, there's the old adage, if you love what you'll do, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's just not true in sports, I always say, because you have to work so hard. And there's so many times that you're the first one there, the last one to leave. You know, it's, it's very long days. A lot of times when you're starting out, it's, it's your longest days and the pay is not great. But even though, like, I love what I do and I could talk for hours on my experiences and, and the fun we've had and that sort of thing. But I think the connections you make and it's all worth it. You know, the, the perks of working in the sport industry, even if it's the nonprofit side, like, like I work in and being able to, you know, go to lions camps and, you know, go to Ford field or, you know, go to, with our athletes to sporting event, you know, Pistons games, that kind of thing. It, it's all worth it. Um, you know, but I think you, you really do have to, there's been times, summer games where you get home at, two and then at 5 30 I'm the first one in the building turning the yeah. lights on you know same with an athletic director same with you know your role you know when I remember one of the things you said to me is you love baseball you don't necessarily want to work in baseball because you like to go and enjoy the games and things right so um, I think that's one I think 
another piece would be, um, you know, I think a lot of times people think of leadership as sort of a positional thing, like who's your boss, that sort of thing. But especially in sports, you can be a leader at any level and you just have to find what that is, you know, whether it's, you know, stepping up and stuffing envelopes for till three in the morning or, you know, connecting with people when they come into a game, you know, those sorts of things. I think leadership matters. And if you, if you find a way to lead when you first get into the industry, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll take you places. And sometimes it's the small things, but um, those are two of the, you know, even as a student, like you said, as a sophomore, going out and getting an, an internship, whether it's paid or not, and getting that experience and then, you know, taking that to the next thing. And, you know, when you come and work at Special Olympics, what did you learn from that experience that you're doing now? So those are two of the things that I would say, just because it's a grind, but it's, it's a blast. You know, I, I think that's why I love it so much is how much fun you have and the connections you make. I think that that's great. I know I've had a lot of conversations with those in, in the industry and you kind of hit the nail on the head with the, your first advice. Like you don't, you're not going to love it every day. You're going to have days, you, you know, you wake up at 6am and you're like, why am I doing this? Why don't I just go sell insurance? Not a knock anybody selling insurance, but like, why don't I just go do that? Um, and then you see the success of all your hard work, um, whether it be like in a role like mine, like, seats full for a Stanley Cup final game or in a role like yours, you know, world games uh, at Unify, you, you're seeing that, you know, come to fruition. So um, I always try to instill that in, in young people as well. Like it, it's not going to be all, you know, glory. It's going to be a lot of guts um, mm -hmm. throughout, throughout your times. But those days you have your, your glory moments are going to outshine those, um, that you have to put in all your guts and work hard. Yeah. It's, it's nights, it's weekends. It's sometimes you miss out on some fun stuff. Some of your friends are making two, three times as much as you do and, and working their 40 hours a week. And you know, there's, there's times where you look at that and you're like, why am I doing this? But then <laughs> it's those, it's those moments from the day to day to the, the big stuff that you're like, you know, this is really cool. This Absolutely. Is, and, and I think a lot of your people, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're kind of envious of, of the things you get to do with, with your job in sports. So um, not that any of that really truly matters, but, you know, you think of those things when you're working 32 weekends a year and that right. kind of stuff. So, um, but it's, I really think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've both had experiences that no one else will ever have um, in, in other roles. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I always lean back to my Stanley Cup final experience. There's people that would, kill to go to a Stanley Cup final game um, and I got to work it and be there um, when I was with the Tigers and made it to the ALDS people would you know give their right arm to go to the ALDS and I, I was able to be there so um, so a lot of that kind of factors into to those days where you wake up at 6 a.m and like why can't I just hit snooze a couple more times on my phone or my alarm clock so um, and, and like you said a lot of it goes to lifestyle too. Um, some of my best friends are people that I started with in the industry at CMU in my first couple of jobs um, out of college. Those are, those guys are, you know, my rider dies to say, to yeah. say it lightly. Um, and, and that kind of goes a long way as well. So. Yeah, absolutely.
But this has been awesome, Dan. As always, it's a pleasure chat with you. I'm sure we'll be uh, talking here again soon. Hopefully next CMU homecoming, um, we'll be back in town and we'll make a trip to Marty's and we'll, <laughs> we'll petition to get Little Chef back open. All right. I'll, I'll be at the forefront of it. So uh, again, this was a blast and thanks for having me and what, what you all are doing with kind of bringing this back and doing the pod now and everything is, is I, I expect nothing less out of, out of your crew. So proud of you guys and uh, glad to be a part of it. Well, we appreciate it, Dan. Thanks again. Yep. Thanks bud. Bye. That wraps up another episode of the tips from chips podcast. Please do us a favor and like, rate, and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening in on. And we'll see you next week.